Welcome to Sisters in Stoke. I'm your host, Megan Burks, a certified professional coach specializing in ADHD and embodiment practices, steel mace flow enthusiast, and recovering perfectionist whose life has been guided, for better or for worse, by the motto, let's fuck around and find out. On this podcast, I interview women and those who identify as women who have done just that and whose honesty, bravery, vulnerability, and curiosity have helped them find their stoke, the thing that lights them up and has shaped their relationship with their body, their spirit, and the world around them. I share the stories that inspire me so that you too can find your stoke. Hello and welcome back to the Sisters in Stoke podcast. I am your host, Megan Burks, and I'm really excited today. This has been an interview that's taken us quite a while to work out time zones and schedules and everything else. I have with me today, Nicole Shefchik, also known as the U.S. Air Guitar All-Star, Mom Jeans Genie. She is a real-life mom, artist, comedy enthusiast, and social media manager for the official Air Guitar World Championships in Ulu, Finland. She is packing your lunch and bringing the cheese. I love that line. Nicole, (laughs) welcome to the Sisters in Stoke podcast. And tell me, what are you stoked about? Hello, Megan, and thank you for having me. Um, I am stoked about community. Love it. Tell me a little bit more about that. Let's just start right there. Well, you know, um, being uh, being an, an artist and I've been married for a long time now. It's been uh, in May, it'll be 20 years. Congratulations. Um, we've moved, thank you. We've moved across the country a couple of times and had to sort of reset and make new friends, um, mm-hmm. you know, work new workmates, all that sort of thing. Every time you do that, you have to really like hone in who your people are, you know, who who your tribe is. And it gets harder as you get older to make new friends. Um, And just recently, my husband and I moved the family across the country again for his job. And so we went from the Southeast to the Northeast of the U.S. And um, it's just really been another thing that's helped me to appreciate how important community is. Yeah. And being able to have these people around you, but then also the people you've collected in your life um, via your, you know, your hobbies like air guitar or um, the internet, you know, your friends from afar. We've got friends from Australia and the UK and all over. So um, yeah, just community is such an important thing. I feel like right now. Uh, it's. I think it's, I think it's huge. And I think the pandemic really highlighted it for a lot of us when we didn't have access necessarily to the same kind of community that we'd been used to experiencing. I certainly didn't get to see my friends in person for a long time. Um, and the novelty of like Zoom catch-ups wore off pretty quickly at the start of our lockdowns here in Australia. Yeah. But one of the really great things that has come out of social media, you know, for all the cons, I've got a 14 year old who's kind of navigating being in that digital space. And there's a lot of things that concern me that we have a lot of conversations about. But I do get to connect with people like you who are on the other side of the world. 
And you start, you know, you get to be exposed to these things that I certainly wouldn't have been exposed to in the eighties and nineties. I grew up in a very small rural area of Nova Scotia, Canada. So my life was quite limited in many ways. And so it's been so amazing for me to start to find these people that I can connect with. And when I say connect, sometimes it's building a relationship. Sometimes it's just liking a lot of the stuff that they're posting on their social media. It doesn't have to be this like really intimate connection all the time. But that has been for me really important in reminding myself that there are good people in this world. Yeah. And to just meet someone totally unplanned and learn something from them that you are able to carry on and bring into your life or to teach someone else. That's, those are those, those little things that we take for granted. Yeah. And I, I really have started to appreciate more and more, especially this year. Yeah. Um, and for me, like, I feel a little bit spoiled with the, the isolation aspect of the pandemic. I worked at a grocery store. Um, we did <laughs> yeah. not have curbside pickup. Everything was still in store shopping. Yep. We limited the way people came into the store. We had to take turns giving out hand sanitizer and telling people to put face masks on before they came outside. We made them wait in a line outside for sometimes an hour or more, you know, people really wanted to come into this store. So um, I got to go to work every day and I saw my same coworkers every day and my life didn't, it got weird, but it didn't change as much as it did for a lot of people. Yeah. So I, like zoom calls are still like kind of weird for me, like to make sure I'm doing it right. Like I'm not used to it. My (laughs) husband, he started working from home right away and his life is now he's back three days a week, but he still has two days a week where he's just zoom calls all day, (laughs) you know? So, but this is nice, but yeah, that face-to-face connection is really, you know, it's important. But, um, I, I realized too, like when you meet someone new, you have to, you have to give them the opportunity. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I took a, some improv classes this last year. It was my husband's anniversary gift to me was improv classes, which I thought was pretty fun. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I did it in college and I loved it. And I, I kind of like pushed aside all the, the feelings that I wanted to be in theater and comedy and all this stuff when we got married, cause you know, I was just working all the time. Then we ended up having kids and, you know, stuff gets, it takes a backseat that you're like dreams from when you're like a kid. And Absolutely. I started getting into that again. And that, that kind of like um, the phrase, yes. And they use in improv. Yeah. This yeah. summer we decided, you know, I need a yes. And more things in life <laughs> instead of letting the negative things like kind of chew me up, you know, be a Debbie downer, you know, Oh, I can't do this because of this or, you know, whatever. Um, Yes. And let's, let's see where it's going to go. Let's just, let's take it to the next level and just, you know, within reason, but it's been really enjoyable. Well, and I mean, one of the taglines of this podcast is that I talk to women who are willing to fuck around and find out who are, who are willing to be like, let's just see what happens. Yes. And, you know, and who can sit in that space of recognizing that there is risk and there are consequences and being old enough I think for me certainly in my 40s at getting a lot better at going okay you know if the risk here is that someone may not like me is that a real risk like is that actually a reason to not express who I am and to not go after these things not anymore it would have been in my 20s for sure because that was really important to be accepted and and to kind of fit in a lot more whereas now I think 
the quality of the relationships I have with women now in my 40s, and most of my friends are in their 40s and, and beyond. Um, I've got some younger friends in their teens and 20s, and I love their energy and their different perspective on things. But we're all so committed to showing up as who we are. And if people don't like it, that's okay. You know, yeah. and that just brings such a level of richness yes to relationships and also into my 20s I didn't really know who I was because I was still like oh you tell me who I am who am I supposed to be as a mother or as a partner or as in this job or like what's my role here but then we get to start to play with that again and I see so many women in their 30s and 40s discovering new passions but actually what actually is usually happening is that they're reconnecting to those things that lit them up when they were young and yes. so you just talked about that and one of the things that you mentioned in our communication was that mom jeans genie which everybody needs to go see a visual of mom jeans because that was actually <laughs> what I saw first it was like the clothes the hair like that was what <laughs> I was like yeah I'm down for this um the high-rise mom jeans I will die on the hill but those are the I, only jeans I honestly um <sighs> when I when I first was getting into mom jeans if someone wanted to interview me I had a really big struggle if I needed to be mom jeans in the interview like I really wanted to I didn't want anyone to know what I really looked like or what I sounded like because it's yeah. different <laughs> yeah and 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 you know I would get sort of like oh, I, we don't know. We just, we just want to talk to you, but they didn't really want to talk to me. They want to talk to mom jeans. That's a different person. Yeah. So um, if you need her to come out, I will bring her out. Well, she may come doing, out. She like, if she needs to come out, out, you just, it's like Seether by Baruch Salt. Like you just let her out when she needs to come out because oh, actually yeah. it's really <laughs> funny logging on for this. I was like, I wonder if I'm talking to Nicole or mom jeans today. Like I was waiting oh, gosh, to man. see who was going to appear on the screen. But of course, these alter egos that we create for ourselves, there's a thread of truth in there somewhere. And it often is, like you said, it's those parts of ourselves that for whatever reason, we've repressed or we've put to the side. And then they kind of have this moment where they start knocking at the door. And they're mm -hmm. like, hey, hey, do you remember me? Do you remember how much fun we used to have? Do you remember <laughs> how great life was when we were actually like hanging out and you were giving me space to breathe here? I want to come back. So my first question for you is what came first? Was it mom jeans and, and then air guitar or was air guitar something you started to explore? And we're going to get into air guitar because I, and I'll, I'll tell the story of why I know, even know about air guitar for what it actually is kind of thing. But what came first? Was it the character? Was it mom jeans? Does she appear? And then she wanted to play guitar or vice versa? It was definitely air guitar. Yep. But the weird thing is I didn't, plan on I didn't find air guitar we'll put it that way yep um air guitar found me you know yeah <laughs> um so what happened was there was a uh air guitar competition back in like the early 2000s U.S. air guitar was like an actual group of dudes in a van that would drive around from city to city and hold these competitions and rock clubs and then the winner of that city would go to nationals and the winner of nationals would get flown to Finland to go in the world competition. And my husband had found out about it and um, him and my brother decided, oh, we're signing up for this. This is going to be hilarious. We watched a documentary called Air Guitar Nation yeah. and it's like 
it kind of it's part comedy part serious they were trying to like get a, a show for mtv apparently and that didn't work out but what happened was it got sort of a, a nice juicy following of people looking to do something creative music related a little bit theatrical we went to one of these competitions um we ended up going the next year to sign up in a different city. I didn't sign up. I went with, we made posters. I helped with costumes. I was there for moral support. We're in this tiny little bar with a little stage and no women are in the show, right? Yeah. Dan Crane, Bjorn to rock is his stage name. He's <laughs> got his microphone. He's saying everybody had already gone in the first round. People had flown from across the country, driven from across the country um, these guys came from all over the place to be in this competition because they thought it was going to be an easy one to win. Bjorn rocks up there and he says, are, is there any ladies in the audience that would like a chance at this? And they're like, she wants to do it. And I'm like, no, no, no. I got my camera. I can't, you know, back then we didn't have smartphones. We're holding actual cameras. And um, <laughs> they're like taking my camera out of my hand. All of a sudden he's reaching up, grabbing me from the audience, pulling me up. And I'm like, okay, all right. Well, um, this is, you know, it's one minute, 60 seconds. You get 60 seconds to perform to a song, a yep. piece of a song. Yep. And I said, I, okay, whatever. Just play one of these guys' songs, either my brother or my husband, because they made me listen to their songs on the entire way from Chicago to Milwaukee, just like a two hour drive. 60 seconds each on repeat. <laughs> oh my God. So they were burned into my memory, right? They ended up playing my brother's song, which was Phantom of the Opera by Iron Maiden, which is a ridiculously complicated song, right? But I know every single note of it because I heard it a million times. And, you know, to start your competition, to start playing, you have to put your finger in the air. Yep. And then they play the music and then you just go for it. You cannot hold anything except for your air guitar. Yep. So you're just playing, you're feeling it. It's essentially like expressive dance, um, whatever you want it to be. 60 seconds is up. There's like silence. And all of a sudden I'm in first place. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, the judges were like, oh my God, we just assumed that was going to be terrible. They're like, that was actually really good. I freaked out because I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm nervous. Now I'm like beating these guys that came from across the country. I didn't plan on this. I'm like, it was like making me sweaty. Like, oh my God. And then I kind of like uh, choked a little bit in the second round. And I think I ended up like tied for third place or something. So long story short, I became absolutely addicted to that little adrenaline rush. Yeah. Not yeah. normally an adrenaline person, but like this was like karaoke that you can't mess up because no one can hear your voice. Yeah. You're like just out there doing your thing. And all of a sudden the crowd is like cheering for you. Like you actually play that song. Oh my God. Um, that was addictive. So the next year we all signed up on purpose. We had stage names, costumes. I was Cleoplectra. Oh, She's sort that. of like an Egyptian metal rock. Uh, I wore like a black leather skirt and my real hair looked very similar to an Egyptian haircut straight across dyed really dark Bob, yep yeah it was like about this long you know a little past my shoulder I wore a lot of black and gold um I made an edit that started out with walk like an Egyptian and went into Nitro's Freight Train which is a song played with a four-necked guitar yep so my whole thing was I'm gonna play a four-neck guitar because here I'm going back to my theater roots 
and I'm thinking, uh, okay, I can really get a pantomiming thing. So I'm holding all the, the and I'm playing all the strings on this whole entire thing. And it just wasn't, you know, you can't jump around the stage with a four neck guitar. So I kind of stayed in one spot. I was really nervous going on stage. That doesn't help for your score, but I did okay yeah. for the first time, but it capped up the adrenaline rush, right? Yeah. So I signed up again the next year and it just kind of snowballs after that. Um, Mom jeans came out of, after my son was born, you know, I couldn't fit into those like sexy clothes anymore. No, no. It's not going to happen. Don't <laughs> give me the hip huggers or the low rise. Like, no. No. I mean, anything really like anything that I had before didn't fit. I had gained a bunch of weight and I felt very like, I felt very puffy. Like nothing was going down. Some women have their babies and they just look amazing right away. Yeah. I just, no. I just, I was not one yeah, of them. <laughs> felt like I was made out of marshmallows or something. And um, I don't know, I I was trying to decide if I was even going to compete again or sign up at all. I competed when I was pregnant, by the way, I was, um, I was dressed like a Girl Scout, which I just my whole thing was supposed to be I ate all the cookies. So that's why I had a belly. <laughs> oh, um, I love this. So I was, I was like, really <laughs> open with transforming my character just just for that little adrenaline rush, that little one yeah. minute rush, right? Because it's like safe, simple. You're in the spotlight just long enough to just feel like you mm. accomplished something, but it's not like, you know, not really a commitment. And I was um, shopping at a thrift store. This was like in 2013. I saw like 2013, 2014. I saw um, a whole huge stack of vintage mom jeans just all in a row the worst kind <laughs> this was, there was, some, before was there some acid wash in there uh everything everything you can think of um like uh, like nowadays the gold mine right yeah you couldn't really find these in the store yet they had just hit the runways yeah. and I had seen them on a runway thing online and I was like you know this is I can't believe these are back at I, I don't know I just I don't see people, especially young people wanting to wear these. Yeah. All I could think of was that there's a Saturday Night Live sketch, Mom Jeans, and they have this song that they play where the tagline is, giving up, giving up, put on your mom jeans. Oh my God, I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, so yes. I saw that and they wear these like um, embroidered vests with, yep. you know, like it'll look like somebody threw up a thousand doll faces or the same thing, but it's all cats. And it's all like browns and pinks and oranges and I don't know. It's the, the grandma vest or whatever. By the way, those are back in style. Yes, everything's <laughs> back in style. Stirrup pants, back. slouchy socks. Yeah. Those were not super trendy yet, but those were all in the same row as the mom jeans at this thrift store. And I thought of that SNL sketch, which growing up watching that show, I just absolutely love that show. When I was a kid, that was my dream job to be on yep. SNL. <laughs> and... um I had David Bowie in my brain where he's singing Jean, Jean, eh? And then I saw that and I was like, that's it. That's it. That's Mom her. Jean's genie. And that's how it started. And I went and I got a cheap blonde wig and giant white gym shoes. And I came home with this whole outfit. And my husband was like, this is the dumbest thing. Please don't. 
And I was like, nope. I'm like, I'm doing it just for fun. I do not care. Literally do not care what my score is. I don't care what anybody thinks. We invited a bunch of people to the show we did in Chicago. Um, We, that's where we had grown up and nobody, nobody that I invited had come to that particular competition. So I walked around the audience before the competition started wearing my costume, holding my purse that had uh, snacks in it and like some juice boxes like candies and I would just like like mosey up on next to somebody in the bar you know like I'm waiting for the show to start and I'd be like you know they don't have any food at these bars sweetheart do you want some snacks I got some I got some crackers I got some can I got some fruit snacks and some cheese it's you know just like whatever you got. And when I started out, I was doing sort of like a Minnesota thing. And it turned out there was a girl that night from Minnesota and they thought I was going to offend her. Oh. And I don't think that would be offensive, but I, so I immediately switched it to like a Southern accent. So mom jeans originally started as hardcore Midwestern, which would be, you know, uh, Oh, sweetheart, you know, like, uh, Oh gosh, you know, I'm just waiting for the show to start. I'm going to go up there. Will you cheer for me? I don't have any friends here tonight. And then the little girls would be like, oh. When I get on stage, all of the people I've given snacks to go, oh my God, that's the mom. Yeah. And they, and then, so it was kind of, I felt a little bit like cheating, but also that was part of my character work. So, um, it worked out great. I did really well. <laughs> my husband couldn't believe that everyone was cheering for me. And then I was like, all right, cool. So I got just a high enough score to make it to the next level on that competition. And that's where mom jeans like was like, okay, she's real now. Yeah. We're getting, I've got, now I've got props. I've got like the best world's best mom mug and, you know, a better wig and nicer blouses, you know, but still in the same realm of nineties kind of stuff. So it's there's so much to it I have so many questions obviously some people won't be seeing this will be seeing they'll be listening to the audio I'm like I've got tears in my eyes from laughing so hard during (laughs) all of that and I I would have done anything if you'd given me Cheez-Its and a juice box to be totally honest it's not hard to bribe me if you'd sidled up to me in that bar and been like do you need a snack I would be like yes you see me because we all need snacks I think we all need snacks but I love (laughs) <laughs> I love that story. What was the song that you did for that first one as Mom Jeans? Was it Jeans Beanie, David Bowie? Was no, it- no, no. It was um, it was Electric Six. She's so white. Wow, I don't think I know. So that the one. song is She's white, white, white like the night, and it's <laughs> got a really good guitar solo in it. And then I do. Are you familiar with Seinfeld, the show? Yes. Yep. Okay. I would imagine most people in the world are have seen familiar at least one episode. Yes at some point um so elaine in seinfeld does this dance where she's at the wedding she's got the thumbs she's got the legs kicking out i made sure to fit the elaine kick into the song oh i love it so there's a nice big corny mom like jerk to the side the mom Um, dance yeah so i just i wanted to make it as like cheesy as possible it was not like a rock and roll kind of thing at all which I think is what that was the big contrast between everybody else goes on stage trying to be and look like they're playing the actual yeah 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 they want it they want to show everyone how awesome they are 
And, you know, that gets kind of boring to watch sometimes. So if you have it, I don't know, if you have your competition where there's a little bit of diversity in terms of characters, it's a lot more fun to watch. It's cool to watch some people look cool and be cool. But sometimes not everybody can be as cool. So I realized for me, um, I'm more comfortable looking a little bit dorky or doing something a little bit silly. And I felt really good doing that character that night. And that just that just took it off for me. I For me, it was diving into this character development and taking it to the next level in terms of, um, you know, I can find little pieces of myself and put myself into this character where, okay, I'm a mom now. I don't feel like I fit into anything sexy or trendy necessarily. Um, I'm concerned about whether or not, you know, everyone is staying hydrated. Yeah. And, and, Do you have sunscreen um, on? I have hand sanitizer attached to my jeans, you know, and like, it's just like those like little tiny details that I could think of to add in that I saw like when people notice that stuff, it like lit up their brain to yeah. the point where I would be at one of these shows and it still happens now, but people will come up to me that I've never met and they will start to tell me the things that mom jeans should do things she should say, things she should wear. Um, like sometimes I get people send me recipes on things that mom jeans would be cooking right now. Usually stuff with like, a you lot know, of meatloaf and lots of mayonnaise and, Hash you know, browns. Just, yeah, I love it. Yeah. This so. is, and so they're invested in this character, which is, which is yeah. incredible to see. And they're like, when you create a role or a character and you can see the people in the audience taking this little ownership of it in some way and not ownership of it and they're like oh I own this but in they want to be a part of this collaborative process that is an amazing feeling you know and yeah. to see that to see that unfolding I can only imagine what that's felt like what it feels like and how fun this like I'm sitting here and like my hand is twitching because I'm like, I need to Google air guitar, Melbourne. Like, are there, I want to try this. I want to have a go. So I found out about air guitar. I was trying really hard to remember yesterday how this actually all unfolded. But um, years ago in a former life, I was a writer for Women's Health Magazine. And I was, I can't remember what the article was. I tried to find it in some of my back issues and I couldn't find it. I think it was something along the lines of like change your mindset or how to have more fun or something like this. And somehow in there, I was put in touch with Justin Nordic Thunder Howard. And we had our first conversation via email and he was like, I play air guitar. And I remember being like, Oh, okay. Air guitar. I mean, like, yeah, you know, (laughs) like I, you know, previously my experience, and this is also very much pre social media to the extent that it is today so you know air guitar I would have thought Tom Cruise risky business you I would have like which is not really air guitar um I would have thought about like boys at parties when I was in my teens you know like strumming along on their imaginary guitars and he wrote me this email that basically went into the whole make air not war philosophy of air guitar and he talked about how air guitar is about world peace and it's about love and it's and I remember reading it and being like "Mm, 
okay then really but I did the interview with him and I remember hanging up from the call and being like shit yeah air guitar yeah the world and I don't (laughs) think a lot of people know about this I don't want to say serious side necessarily, but there is this, it is serious in some yeah, no, because it, it, there probably is the right word. So I want to hear your perspective on this. Cause I think most people think of air guitar as this performance based kind of thing, the fun, the cheesiness, the this, the that, yeah. which is definitely a part of it. But there's actually a really, I'm getting emotional. There's like a really incredible philosophy and cohesion amongst the community about what we can actually achieve when we come from this place of joy and peace and fun and love so tell us a little bit about that I mean and when you said um when you got off the phone with Nordic the way you felt I mean he still talks like that and to the to the max I mean he he was recently voted the um champion of champions by the fine people of the World Air Guitar Championships in Olu. They had a competition online during the pandemic and everything was shut down to vote who was their favorite of champions and it was Nordic. And one of the reasons why he was really chosen, besides the fact that he's wonderful playing the air guitar, he like lives and breathes it. And it's that philosophy. It's the deeper side. So the competition stuff is like, you know, it's the fun, it's it's the the surface level, like, hey, what do you want to go do tonight? Let's go check this thing out. You know, kind of like going to see a rock concert, going to see a comedy show, something like that. Once you like get into what's behind that, the community side of it, there's like this web of people that have competed together for years. When you have the, that, that's the community when you get into that community, it's, you realize it's more than that. It's, it's a network of artists and performers and, and teachers and um, medical professionals. And there's people from all walks of life in this, but trying to make the world a better place from make air, not war. It started out as sort of like uh, Bjorn to rock, writing it down his chest at worlds one year to be like make love not war just to make himself stand out a little bit more and then it really became a thing people were like yeah let's take that make air not war so what does that mean in finland these guys in the 80s like this group of um college students they came up with this thesis that if you were to put down your gun if everyone in the world put down their weapons for 60 seconds and played air guitar we could have world peace that was their college thesis. So, and it sounds like hilarious, but when you think about what that really means, it's an idea, you know, that there's something to that. If we all just stopped and put away our differences, we would all get along. And sometimes the differences that make the biggest impact on the world are the smallest things. It's stuff that's like, come on, just let it go. We all breathe the same air, drink the same water. We have the same sun on our, shining on our faces and growing our food, but we can't get along because of these tiny little things that they've made into these huge things. Yeah, And that is going to c- continue to affect our children and their children until people 
put down their guns and pick up their air guitars or however they need to interpret a way to build peace. And in our like US level, I know um, over the last several years, some of us have been saying, you know, we've been talking about all this world peace stuff, but we need to back it up. You know, we can't just be have a competition and say, oh, air guitar for world peace. And then that's it. You know, um, recently we started getting involved with charity work. Mm -hmm. um, some of us in smaller groups, we would go, we'd have a competition in a city and we would check out the local children's hospital and say, hey, do you guys want any volunteers? And then we would have a little group and we'd put on a show. And that was like very touching. Um, we got to compete at St. Jude's one year. Um, and it was just, you know, um, in another, um, the hospital in Nashville as well. And those are the kind of things that make you want to cry. Just being yeah. able to light up somebody's face just for a few minutes. We'd have like maybe like a 15 minute performance and that was it. And if I made one kid smile today, then there's got to be a way we can do this on a more serious level. And this last year, U.S. Air Guitar got involved with the Lymphoma and Leukemia Society and raised money, competitors, every competitor that wanted to try to win a chance at nationals could raise money and we'd give it to the foundation. They would get the person with the most money and fly that person to nationals. Also, that person got a chance to win um, or they actually got a spot to go in the world championships or fly to Olu and compete in the dark horse. So we have the dark horse tournament is the day before the world competition. Yep. So our champion that won that competition was Hennessy Williams. And he is a stage four lymphoma survivor. So it was just like perfect for him. I just, you know, he's our spokesperson for that now, <laughs> essentially, but he got to come with us to Olu and compete at the dark horse. And he made the world stage. His stage name was Amazon prime where he's <laughs> a delivery guy and he has a hilarious performance and you can watch it on the air guitar world championships.com website. Um, but please check it out. We will probably be teaming up with this charity again next year. I don't have all the details because I'm not in the interworkings. My husband helps out with some of that planning, but I'm, I work a little bit more with the world side stuff. Yeah. So I know on the global side, we've been working with some other charities to try to do more like earth-friendly practices yep. at um, the world championships this year. They were able to um, get a sponsor that helped uh, cover the planning of mangrove trees to cover the, the emissions from the whole festival. Amazing. So they planted trees to cover all that. And it sounds like we might be doing something with more earth-friendly uh, lodging next year to be continued. But it's, you know, we're trying a little bit harder now. And I think that's what we all really need to do is just yeah. reach into our local communities mm -hmm. and just try a little bit harder. You can start out small, but there's opportunities everywhere. Look, I'm, I had, I mean, I've ADHD, so I've had a lot of careers, quote unquote, and I've worked at top level policy legislation in human rights, nonprofits, community development, 
And now at this point in my life, I'm really passionate about and committed to, and the space that I work in is this individual bottom up grassroots, encouraging people, single people to smile, to have fun, to be more compassionate because that, that the ripple effect of that and those lives that like there's lives that you know you have touched that people have said yeah. like I've been affected by this this has touched me this has inspired me but for every one person that's vocalizing that there are thousands of people that potentially are then touched by that person's life being changed and it's really interesting for me to observe in myself at this age you know my my university degree was political science and human rights and I I went off for a human rights internship straight after uni and was like, I'm going to save the world and got smacked down pretty quick. And I took it really hard and it was a big beating and a bruising for my sensitive little soul. And there was a period in my twenties of some really dark years where I really lost that sense of possibility that things can be better. And then it's been a process through my thirties and forties of reconnecting to that and allowing myself to believe in that again. Because at the end of the day, like, I, what's the point of living if I don't believe on some level that things can get better? Yeah. And I do, you know, I can see that we need to make these individual commitments to these changes and to taking responsibility for our actions and looking at how they impact others. And we need to be aware of the systemic stuff that's happening that needs to, that does need to change through legislation and policy and, and protections and things like that. But it just, it just gives me such a sense of hope to listen to you talking about this. And what I think so important too, is that it's fun because I also have learned as I've gotten older that we cannot underestimate the importance of fun and laughter and joy and I think it's easy when you become a mom in yeah. particular to put the need for that to the side. I mean, I'm not saying that having young kids and, and older kids is not fun and joyful at times, but there are significant challenges in there as well for most of us. Yeah. And it's easy to stop prioritizing those things in our life. And that's when you get burnout and you get really flat. And then we get caught in the cycle of everything seeming, you know, hard and what's the point and it's this and that. And what I love about the, the play space at the moment, the fun space is that science is backing us up now. Like science is able to start looking at it and being like, oh, we've done these functional MRIs. And when people are having a good time, it lights up this part of the brain and that does this and it produces these chemicals and makes you healthier. And so we're starting to see this isn't, this isn't frivolous. This is, you know, having fun is serious work. Sometimes as an adult to have just good old clean fun, it's, yeah. it's challenging to wrap your brain around how to do that, right? What if, what do people do in Australia for fun? Because in the US, I feel like a lot of people just, you know, when you're middle-aged with kids, you just end up I'm just going to walk over here and let my dog out of the room. You, <laughs> you just, a lot of these people just watch, you know, just they watch TV or something. Yeah. We actually, we only have one TV and it's not hooked up to any kind of cable or anything. 
Yep. Um, I'm just gonna let my dog Marty McFly out of the room. Hi, um, Marty. <laughs> but um, it's it's a challenge to to do anything new. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, to, and I to think get that creativity out there, especially um, once you have the push, you know, then you need maybe a friend to hold your hand to to come with you to support you and you know like you said you know it's healthy if we can spread that around that can really make a difference makes a huge difference and like regardless of how many other people it affects it affects us and I know when I'm happy my kids are happier my home life's calmer it's you know I'm better able to meet my own needs and the needs of other people and I just so so for people that are listening to this, because I work, you know, I work with a lot of creatives and there's there's some real fear in in putting our creative endeavors out into the world. There's a lot of people who are scared to try new things. I think that we are, I think as a as a species, I'm making a huge generalization here, but I think we've gotten really comfortable. You know, most of our basic needs are being met. For, for those of us who are privileged enough to be in that position, there's obviously a lot of humans whose basic needs are not being met as well. But it's easy to go buy your food and come home and turn the TV on and suddenly, you know, days, weeks, months, years of your life have kind of passed you by. Right. And then there's these people have this itch and they're like, okay, I need to, I need to do something different here. I need to try something new. And they're terrified. They're scared. So what would, I'm going to ask mom jeans actually. What would mom Jean say to those people who are like, oh my gosh, like you just look like you're having so much fun. I want to, I want to try this. I want to do this, but like, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. What would mom Jean say? Well, sweetheart, listen, baby, I just want you to reach deep down inside and decide what makes you, you. I know you're special, but do you know you're special? Because, honey, you've already won. Just get out there and have some fun because you're already a winner. And you're going to smile and you're going to have fun with your friends. And if you laugh and you cry, baby, it's it's okay. It's okay. Just smile and keep on breathing. And the sun will come up tomorrow. And don't forget to eat something and wash your hands. Oh my God. I feel like I'm going to take, I actually am. I'm going to take that audio clip and put it on my phone (laughs) for when I need a little boost, especially at the end when you're like, and don't forget to eat something. And I'm not very, very important, sweetie. Did you eat today? Well, sometimes no. And that's the problem. You're right. Did you have have breakfast? I had a bagel. Hmm? I didn't Mm, have any protein though. So, okay. Well, for lunch, protein for lunch. Protein for lunch. And a vegetable. Do I I have to? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay, mom jeans. I will listen to you. Okay. All right, sweetheart. I love you. I love you too. See, this is, (laughs) that's fun. This is fun. Yeah. I want people, I hope everyone takes that audio clip and listens to that. And this (laughs) is, you know, the, you got to risk it for the biscuit. And those connections that we've talked about, meeting new people, becoming part of a community, 
a community especially I think there's like those surprise moments like air guitar would be one I think where you're kind of like oh I'll just try this and suddenly you're surrounded by these people who like you love and you respect and they've become part of your world and let me tell you it's on on like your local level when you get people who've just come for the first time or maybe they've come only to that one city uh to compete and they don't hang out with anybody or anything and that's fine um that's a different feeling from when you get to the world stage when you have people from all these different countries, all different languages. Mm. Everyone has a different accent. Um, there is a different level of like love for one another. When you get up to that level, that's, yeah. that's a whole nother thing. There's people in your, like your local town that'll compete. And some of them are there just to compete and win. You know, it's a little more like bloodthirsty. And then once you get up a little higher, sometimes it becomes a little more, you know, we're just here to have fun and see everybody. And, but I'm telling you, when you get up, come to Finland. <laughs> we do it every August. Come to Finland. Um, Australia does have a competition, usually. I think link, in, I'm going to link it in the show notes because I'm sure yeah, there'll be local up. ones as well. I know, I know some of the competitors are from Perth. Okay. So I know that's the other side for you, but um, uh, Ginger Assassin is one of the best in the country. Ginger Assassin, um, Billy Damage was one of the champions, and um, Lily Rock and Roll, one of the lady competitors who is absolutely fabulous. You would love her. I'm still waiting to meet her in person because I've only met her online. You're going to have to come and to when you get to Finland and you meet all these people from all these different countries, I mean, we had this year, Ireland, our Irish competitor was actually um, Hungarian and he had his uh, sponsor was Jack Daniels. So he, and he was the Irish uh, Jack Daniels sponsor <laughs> came with, which was a lot of fun. Um, we had Belgium, we had France, we had um, representatives from the UK. Um, we had a bunch of Americans, you know, like as usual, Sadly, no Canadians this year, but there are Canadian air guitarists. So if you fly home and there's a competition happening, because that's usually a summertime thing, then Maybe. there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, but uh, just all these different accents. So in Japan, of course, Japan won. won this year. Yep. Yes. Uh, triple crown, as they say, um, unbeatable. <laughs> um, but all these different countries and I don't, I don't want to leave out a few Germany is another one, but there's, and there's more and it changes from year to year, but, and I apologize if I, if I so, sound strange when I talk, because I have this weird thing where I will start to mimic people's accents. Yeah. Yeah. So which, do I. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. We're good then. We'll, yeah. we'll just sound like a mix mash together. Yeah. Um, and I know I do that when I'm there. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone from there listens to the way I sound now, they might think I sound strange because I probably talked a lot different when I was around a bunch of French speaking folks. And, you know, um, even the, the, you know, everyone speaks English. So yep. it makes you feel really guilty that you don't, aren't fluent in all these other languages. That languages, right? That's actually a sign of an empath. Okay. Well, that's me because yeah. I yeah. feel horrible and I've got Duolingo on my phone and I've been trying to learn um, Finnish and French. And I have like a half a dozen languages on there that I at least try to pick up pieces Hello, of how are you yeah just basic stuff you know or um to understand their accents and so that I can understand when they're speaking English and they have a thick accent like so I'm just not like 
just disrespecting them, if anything, you know. Um, but I feel like those little things we can do to understand each other, that's another reason why it's just, it's not about the competition at all. Yeah. Yeah. Some people really want to win. Yeah. And that's fine. That's great. And that's, that's great. You have to have that. It's a competition, right? You can't have everyone just go up there and just, ah, don't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> you turn into a Muppet, just Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've gotten to the point where I get on the stage and I competed this year as a character called Little Old Me. And she's a play on, are you familiar with Moomin? No, I don't think so. So there's these characters called Moomin. Um, they came from uh, children's stories from Finland. And they're popular in the UK. And they're also popular in Asia. Yeah. But they're essentially Moomin are um, like Finnish trolls. And so some of them kind of look like people. And the ones that look like people, a lot of them are considered mimbles. And which are like... A lot of them, they're like these females with like li- like little pointy buns on top of their heads. And they wear these like long uh, winter jackets and like boots and gloves and stuff. And then um, some of them look sort of like hippopotamuses. Those are just like your average Moomin. There's names for all of them and they all have characters and there's animated shows and books and all these. It's essentially like Disney over I there. I can see my next rabbit hole like flying towards yeah. my face right now. I'm like, the oh, wow. and- there's in the in the stories, like if you just looked up Moomin quotes, there's some very touching quotes in there I think you would really like. But anyway, I did a character based off of the Mimble line of people. And I was little old me. Um, everything I did was based around those characters. So some people saw that right away and understood it. And I didn't do it for, I did it basically for the Finnish people. I didn't do it for anyone else. Um, as sort of like, I respect your culture and I respect being here and I want to I just want to have fun I don't care about there's no way I'm going to win in this crazy competition with these competitors um I didn't even compete at all in my own country that year so I was just doing this for fun I left mom jeans at home and I got out on this stage and I was in front of at least 5,000 people the town square is absolutely packed the weather was beautiful. I'm not nervous at all. I just, I'm just out there to give you a good show and try to get some laughs. If I could get a couple of laughs, mm-hmm. which isn't really what an air guitar competition is about getting laughs, but that's me. So I just did my thing and I I was really happy with it. And I was part of this this community that we all come together from these other places and we put aside the things that are really bothering us. We take those things out of our heads and just put them away for a second. And we can just be free to have a little self-expression and have a little bit of fun, but maybe get a message across too that it's okay to let those things go as an adult. Don't do anything crazy to hurt one another or, you know, you don't have to resort to like drugs or something to let loose. You can just do something creative. Use the other side of your brain if you're not used to it. You know, I don't know. It's just, 
it's not about the competition at that point, at least not for me. It's about just being there with everyone. Love this. So I, and now, now I wish there was a better way for me to package that up a little bit tighter for you, but no, I think you've done a really great job because I'm like, okay, well now I need to add Finland to my list of places to go in the next couple of years. And it has to coincide with this. There is, you know, one of my, my big hairy audacious goals for this podcast is to basically do sisters in Stoke tour someday where I get to meet, where I get to meet all, because my guests are incredible and they're from such crazy different backgrounds and experiences and careers and you know like why they're on the show is so different and I just want to meet them all in person and take you it just, just have like a like a seminar the sisters in Stoke seminar and then yeah. invite all of the people that you couldn't get scheduled and we'll all go and have a day can you fucking <laughs> imagine a day we'd need longer than a day I feel because there's the some amazing gifts so Last question I want to ask you, or the last thing I want to talk about. So in my in my coaching practice, um, I use alter egos with my clients at times when they're really stuck in something and they're like, oh, you know, this isn't for me. I don't, it doesn't fit. It's this, it's that. And it's kind of an onflow from archetype work. So we talk about archetype work, especially in women's lives and the mother and the lover and the artist and, and embracing these different parts of ourselves and kind of working with them. And then there's a guy who wrote a book and I can't remember his name right now. I'm so sorry. I'll link it in the show notes called the alter ego effect. And he talks about using this as this tool where you craft these alter egos and they can be, you know, totally made up, totally imaginative. They can be based on real people. So it could be like your uncle Bob was always really fun to hang around. And what was it that made him so fun? And, you know, and you can bring that into this or that. And I love it because it drives this little bit of a wedge sometimes between who we think we are as people and who we want to be. And it kind of creates the space. And in that space for me is where we are able to give ourselves permission to just try things on yeah, and to, to kind of try them out. So with mom jeans, you know, we've all heard, what would Jesus do? My clients sometimes joke, they hear what would Megan do in their head? And I'm always like, I think that's really funny. I'm not conflating myself with Jesus just before anyone decides to hit their keyboard here. Um, mom jeans, do, do you ask her, I guess, for advice in, in your life as a mom, when you're having a moment, does she arc up out of nowhere and kind of go, have you eaten today? Um, I want to say no, only because I feel like I've created her to be the most extreme version of yeah. what, you know, not, she's not even really what my mom is like. Yeah. She's like, she's what I would imagine as like my friend's mom, like my imaginary friend's mom growing yeah. up. The perfect, the perfect like you're mom. like your TV mom. Yeah. You know, where she's always, she always has like, it's her style, but she's got it down. Yep. She's got her hair done, her makeup's done. She's got some kind of weird perfume on that, you know, smells like a mom. Vanderbilt. She's, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Gray flannel. I don't know. Like something something she might have gotten at Avon or something I don't know if you have Avon in yes. Australia skin so soft <laughs> I oh I'm pretty I can sure smell that sells Avon on the side <laughs> or Mary and Kay. yeah she's well she's a failed Mary Kay lady she couldn't get the pink Cadillac so oh, she had to give up disappointing I know it's so sad um but I do carry hand sanitizer and baby wipes and you know like that side of mom jeans yeah I mean that's that is definitely part of being a mom. And 
there's an air guitarist by the name of Mean Moline. His name is Eric Moline. He is, um, he's one of the people that inspired me the most starting in all this. Yep. And he has something um, that it's, it's like the 11th commandments of air guitar. And I have them all actually posted on our air guitar world championships, Instagram page. There's, they're all individual posted across different days that you can go look at. And I love those so much because they're so true. One of them is choosing your character based on a high, like highlighting or accentuating a version of yourself. Yeah. That's who you're, you can pick any character you want, but the one that's really going to succeed is the one that is part of you. Yeah. And you're just bringing that out and going off of that, building off of it. It doesn't have to be all real stuff. It doesn't have to be based on a real person, but it's exactly what you were talking about with your therapies. I love that so much. Have a closet of just random things where you can just say, who do you, who are you? Let's play, you know? Yeah. Let's play dress up today. Put this sparkly thing on. How do you feel? A box of wigs or oh, hats. Yes. Have you ever just tried on wigs? Yes. It's, yes. it's wild. It <laughs> is wild. And they have like, if they're not just like cheap plastic ones, like halfway decent, they don't have to be expensive. I actually got um, one of my favorite mom jeans wigs on the Wish app for like $10. You can just try on wigs and say, who, who is this person? What would she sound like? How would she walk? What does she do for a living? You know, like what's her family like? Just go off of that. Anything. If I, if I go to a thrift store or go through my closet and stuff that I haven't seen in a long time, find something, I might just, oh my gosh, come up with a whole new idea for something. Or maybe if it, if it's a part of myself, I want to bring out even, um, I found this amazing gold silk beaded gown from like the late eighties shoulder pads. There's gotta be shoulder pads in there. Oh my Lord. It's beautiful. You know, and it's, it's like Liza Minnelli comes yeah. out to play. And I know I just like want to find a reason to put that on. It, not as me. It doesn't look like something I should be wearing, but with my wig and everything. So essentially mom jeans is like, really part drag queen when you think of the way I do it up. Um, and I think that's what makes her so fabulous. You know, yeah. you gotta go all out, go in. But I feel like she would wear that to like the Avon awards dinner. Yes. When and she like I receives actually, her top seller award. I did wear it to uh, an awards night a few <laughs> years back <laughs> it, as mom jeans, but I was still a little self-conscious about myself. So I wore it for part of the night and then I think I took off early or something, but, but now I'm all in. <laughs> so this is what, like, we're talking about this and I'm like, it's fun. It's fun to play characters. You know, I love dress up as a kid. Roller derby was a big thing for me when I got into roller derbies, you know, the fishnets and the booty shorts, things I would never normally wear in my day-to-day -day life as a mom of a young child. And that was where I started to really kind of reconnect with that. But the really important side of this kind of character play is that one of the things I think we start to realize when we do change our identity and we start to go like who's this person and what do they do and like you said getting into how do they walk what kind of car would they drive like journal yeah. about it you know get creative draw it whatever it is is it actually starts to 
disconnect us in a really healthy way from like, I am this person. Because we all have this identity that we connect to. And there's like the core parts of who we are. I'm this kind of a person. And, you know, these are the things that I love. But a lot of those parts get handed to us by other people or they come from society's expectations, especially for women about what we do or we don't do and things like that. And just giving yourself that opportunity to break a little bit outside of that and to play with it reminds you that who you, I'm getting very spiritual here, but like who you are as an actual person is indefinable. Like it's actually not how you look or what car you drive or what you wear. Oh, Those yeah. are all parts of it. But right. I just think it gives us this chance to remember how fun it can be. Because I think we do that when we're young. We explore these various parts of ourselves. And then we get really entrenched in that when we get older. And it can feel quite dangerous or risky to step outside of it. But this sounds like such a fun way mm -hmm. to start to like literally put those characters back on and be like who's this person and what part of me do they represent what part of me has been repressed until now you right. know and I feel like it's very important to begin the trend of not following whatever the thing is on social media yeah as someone who runs social media accounts mm -hmm. <laughs> it is so dangerous yeah I'm I I would honestly not be on there very often at all if it wasn't for the fact that I just had to monitor a couple of pages yeah. just to make sure, essentially make sure they don't get hacked into, um, but also, you know, keep up with comments and things like that. But when you just start the doom scrolling, uh -huh. you know, it's essentially the same like 10 things a million times. You're seeing just this people copying, other people copying other people copying each other's videos, cop using the same audio a million times. Just no one's using their brains anymore to come up with anything fresh and original and creative. And it's absolutely killing me. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, like the, the way people see themselves too, we need to just have no cameras. Yeah. We, you know, if we can go back to just appreciating our bodies and our faces and our voices and not look at your face in the mirror as a, you know, 22 year old and think you need Botox and filler because you have a little wrinkle. Yeah. Like that's not a wrinkle, sweetie. That's just your skin. That's, that's your face. That's your face. It's made to move. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm not done using this. I just, I'm not, <laughs> I can't, like, you can't make me stop moving my face. I refuse. No. Yeah. No. I refuse to. And I just being able to explore yourself and um, come up with a different identity in terms of, you know, uh, using it as a, a way to work through therapy or work through a situation. I feel like just people who don't think they need that still need to get, get down there and try it. Yeah. And shut off some of those accounts, put timers on your accounts. But I don't know, just go no filter, no filter, baby. We don't yeah. need it. You know, no. yeah, it makes you look pretty for a little while, maybe. Or sometimes it just makes us look weird. But I don't know. It's I I really see it's it's speeding up so fast. And with all like all the AI art, it can be useful for some stuff. No, right. My husband's so dangerous. advertising. 
it's, it's scary, right? Yeah, it is. It's only to the point where like, we're old enough to know, okay, well, that's not yeah. real. And it goes in this side of our brain, like, it's not real. It's that's art or whatever. But our kids growing up with this, they don't know that it's, they're going to see it totally differently. Yeah. yeah. I have a five-year-old and nine and a half year old and you know, the five-year-old watching YouTube every day. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it changes the way they think. Absolutely. And it really, like my, my son, as I said to you before, he's on the other side of this wall. I just heard him scream a few minutes ago. Somebody's obviously caught a fish. He's watching YouTube fishing videos. But one of the ways that that's come up for him in just some really practical ways that when we go fishing, he expects to catch something and he understands, like he understands logically that for every four minute video he watches where they are showing the three fish that they're catching, they've probably been fishing for 12 hours. Like he gets that, like he understands it, but our brains actually don't do a great job sometimes at filtering out the reality from what it is that we're receiving, especially when it's happening over and over and over again. Yeah. And one of the real, you know, and, and I've spoken to guests about this before when it comes to things like uh, cosmetic procedures and fillers and things. Part of me is like, you know what, bodily autonomy, your body, your choice. I get that. However, for me personally, I refuse it all because I can see, like, for me, that's not in alignment with my values because for me to go and do that, I'm then contributing economically and energetically to something that I don't want, which is a society where women don't feel okay and safe and lovable with just the way that they look with actually who they are. And I went years ago would have been pre pandemic. And I'd gone into my kid's school to do a talk with one of the grade six classrooms. And I, you know, I'd brushed my hair and I put some like probably Blistex on and some mascara, which for me was about as fancy as I get. I was wearing normal clothes. And these kids would have been used to seeing me at pick up and drop off in, you know, my yoga pants or work clothes or whatever. And then the next day I went in, I was working in the school garden. So I was wearing like landscaping gear. And this little girl came up to me and she said, excuse me, are you Elliot's mom? And I said, yeah. And she goes, were you here yesterday? And I said, yeah. And she goes, you looked really different. And she was just <laughs> looking at me kind of confused. Yeah. And I said, oh, I said, well, you know, yesterday I was here to talk to a class. So I said, I was probably wearing a little bit of makeup. And she goes, why don't you wear makeup every day? And I could see that this child already was like, you look better with makeup. You should wear it every day. Kind of like this yeah. was, this is where she was going. And I said to her, you know what, sweetie? I said, I do look really different when I wear makeup. I said, but this is my face. And I want to be okay with seeing my face. I don't, I refuse to, because I spent many, many years of my life living in a way that every time I saw my face, I went, ugh, and saw everything wrong with it. My forehead's too big. My nose is too big. My this, my boobs are too saggy. My hips are too big, this, that. And I've just reached this point in my life where I go, I do not have the time and or the energy. I am more than halfway through my life, likely touch wood you know pretty sure my liver is going to put in for early retirement so we'll see how I go (laughs) but I'm at this point in my life where I'm I'm on the other side of that hill 
you know, realistically speaking, and I've gotten really clear about what I want to give energy to. Yeah. And my forehead wrinkles are not on that list. Yeah. And like you said, it's, you know, not to shame people who feel like they, in order for them to feel better, they need a little bit of something. And I mean, it's amazing what they can do to tweak people's faces and bodies and things. It's really incredible. But spending all your time on social media, it becomes the point where you were totally fine with the way you looked. And then the more you see all these things, you start to go, oh, oh no, I, I should do that. Oh, I should do this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not, you knew you needed it done the whole time. You needed this procedure because of X, Y, Z. It's, you were completely fine with the way you looked and now you've been twisted to think that you have to have it. Yeah, you've been manipulated. And that's where the danger comes in. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I would, I don't know. I, yes, I run social media and I would love the the world to see more um, loving, happy things on social media and um, more community-based projects and things and art projects and DIYs and, you know, um, therapy, social media accounts, you know? Yeah. All that stuff. I love that so much. Just, you know, we need to get the next generation to see themselves in the mirror and love who they are. Yeah. And to be really conscious consumers of social media. Yeah. Yeah, we do. That's a good, this is a good note to end on. I'm sure we could keep talking for ages. Um, I'm going to ironically somewhat now ask, where can we find you online? for people that want more information. And I will link all of these things in the show notes and anything that you think of afterwards. Um, I'll definitely be linking to Air Guitar uh, World Championships so that people can check all of that out. But where are the best places to connect with you and to see Mom Jeans Jeannie? Yes, Mom Jeans. Um, Instagram, I'm at Mom Jeans Jeannie. That's yep. Jeannie with a J. And um, Facebook, she's got a, I've got a Mom Jeans Facebook page. There are videos of my competitions on YouTube, um, usairguitar.com. I am the 2017 National U.S. Air Guitar Champion. I am the 2022 um, ESPN Ocho Air Off Champion. That's a mouthful. And so (laughs) if that happens again next year, I'm the defending champion. So I should be on ESPN again next year if they end up doing it. We'll see. Um, yeah. So, and, uh, I, honestly check out, yeah. World air guitar championships.com and, or air guitar world championships.com. And I want to mix those up. Check out Nordic thunder. Honestly, yeah. this guy is he's incredible. Fun. He's just, he's just he's so fun. Fun. He's a sweetheart, but air guitar. He's very good at air guitar. He's very good at air guitar. He's actually a painter. He's makes very cool paintings. I'm <gasps> trying to get him to do a mural on our garage we have um, a painting of Nordic Thunder above our fireplace that we're going to trade for him. Um, if he paints a mural on our garage, Nordic, if you're listening, we still have I'm going to send this episode to him and be like, you probably don't remember me. It was like a decade ago, but I interviewed you <laughs> for this piece. I've got to find it. So I'm going to He knows about the painting. He's been, he's been wanting to come over and get that painting. So. <laughs> we had a speed painter do the halftime show of the U.S. championships this last year. And for charity, you could purchase one of her speed paintings she did one of Prince and then she did one of Nordic and 
Um, my husband bought the one of Nordic. All the money went to charity, and he can have it, but he has to come and do a painting for us first. It's a little okay. well, it's been thrown down. So. Yep, the trade off right. is it's out there. So we just need to make it happen now. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, it's been today. it's been really wonderful talking to you. Wonderful. I'm, I'm so glad we finally made it happen. It actually, well, it has been a long time. But I'm, I'm I'm an impatient person as well. So I always have to be really like, it's been years. And I'm like, that's not a true story. <laughs> I only launched this podcast at the beginning of this year. So it hasn't been that long, but it did take a while. We finally made it happen. It was so worth the wait. It has been such a pleasure to speak with you. I will be linking as well in the show notes for those of you who are listening here in Australia. Don't worry. I will be down this rabbit hole of what is the air guitar scene here in Australia um, yeah. And I will definitely be linking all of that in the show notes. I've got quite a few friends from various cosplay roller derby kind of arenas that I'm sure would come along with me and have a go and just have a really, really good time. Um, thank you to if everybody. You yep. Interested in hosting your own competition. <gasps> I know there, that is something you can do. So well, maybe I'll just think do about that. that. Then. My husband's probably listening to this being like, no, you don't need more things on your to-do list. Stop. <laughs> but too bad, honey. You know what you were getting into when you married me. So there's that. Thank you to everybody who is listening to Sisters in Stoke. And just a reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast, please like, review, and share. It really does help me out. Until next time, I am your host, Megan Burks, reminding you to stay stoked. Rock on. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Sisters in Stoke. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review and share the episode with your friends. If you or somebody you know would be an excellent Stokes person, feel free to get in touch. All of the information you need is in the show notes. Until next time, I'm your host, Megan Burks, reminding you to find your Stoke. <laughs>